The Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for our listeners. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. To get started, all you have to do is click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Okay, let's get things started. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus Sources Edition, presented by WinBet. My co-host, as always, the award-winning, news-breaking, Action Network's own, Brett McMurphy. First reported by our own Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy is Sources. And I am Action Network senior writer Colin Wilson, a guy that keeps on fading Notre Dame. I keep losing money on Notre Dame. Now I'm on some sort of Navy week. Every, lo- every <laughs> week I'm losing on Navy bets. Brett, what is your takeaway from week six looking into week seven? Yeah, I heard your your podcast with Stucky, uh, tail Stucky on Navy every week, I guess. Uh, you know, my biggest takeaway is, you know, probably what a lot of people have realized, and that is Alabama. Uh, they ha- now have no margin of error for the college football playoff. I know we'll discuss that later in the show. Also, the Big Ten. Um, don't look now, but the Big Ten may actually have a path to getting two teams in the college football playoff. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Iowa appears to have a clear path to the Big Ten title game, being undefeated, where they could meet either a one-loss Ohio State or an undefeated Michigan. Uh, It could set up where we could have two teams from the SEC and two teams from the Big Ten. Yeah, I know how that would suck for everybody not in the Big Ten or the SEC, but there are two real possible paths for that to happen. But certainly at this point, I mean, we've had 40 ranked teams lose in the first six weeks, almost seven a week. So I doubt that's going to happen, but it is a real possibility. Yeah, we're getting into a lull in the schedule where we just had two really hot weeks of big primetime matchups and some upsets and 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 ranked teams are losing, I think, at a rate greater than we've had in any other season. And so we have to go back to our history of the college football playoff, which is they have made decisions in the past where two loss teams do not get into the playoff g5 teams do not get into the playoff we're i think the college football playoff committee is about to get backed up into a corner where one of those is finally going to have to break after all this time or you're right we may get two teams out of the big 10 and sec even if it's like say ohio state beating an undefeated iowa in the championship game while Georgia, Alabama beats Georgia in the championship game, do would you make that your college football playoff? I mean, that I mean, yeah, chaos you, is. Yeah, I mean, look, you would have to because who else are you going to? Pick? Well, <laughs> yeah. let me rephrase it. 
if Oklahoma's undefeated, then those four schools are not going to make it. There's no way they're going to leave out undefeated Oklahoma. But what about undefeated Wake Forest? Everyone's forgot about them. What if they run the table and they're 13-0? They potentially could be 13-0 champs of the ACC with zero top 25 wins. What do they do with, with a Power 5 undefeated team? You're right. This has never happened before, um, but it, it, could, it will be fascinating. And then I know there's a lot of people like, what about Cincinnati? Sorry, Cincinnati. If there's one loss Alabama, one loss Georgia, one loss Ohio State, one loss Iowa, undefeated Oklahoma, undefeated Wake Forest, Cincinnati's not making the playoff. Well, let's we'll have to unpack there, Brent. So, but first off, I should say, don't, if any of you listening, don't scoff at Brett saying Wake Forest make the college football player for winning the ACC. They were about three weeks ago, about 150 to one and 80 to one at a lot of shops. One of those being win bet and they got fleeced all over the market. And that number was just hit by a lot of sharps that I know Wake Forest winning the ACC Wake Forest going to the college football playoff and Wake Forest winning the national championship. And I'm not saying like, you know, little $25, $50 bets. Like there was some big money that was just hitting that Wake Forest number because we've seen what this offense can do, but now they're actually playing a little bit of defense. So Wake is definitely one of those teams. I, I actually feel more comfortable with a Wake future than I would say a Michigan future, but let's pivot back into Oklahoma. Let's stick with one of the undefeateds here. Texas, it's just, I said this on the podcast, was stuck so much to unpack in this game. Texas goes crazy in Sander Downs. You and I have been correct about their offense, about how it's one of the best in the nation. Sark's got them uh, getting all the available yards in the world. Casey Thompson is explosive. Bijan Robinson is still high up there in the Heisman board. They lose the game because of the defense, of course, at the very, at the very end. Uh, but the big story, Spencer Rattler benched, pulled out of the game for Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams makes one of the highlights of the year. Uh, then Rattler's back in for a two-point conversion, biggest point of the game. Caleb Williams is in and out. Lincoln Riley's over on the sideline, like helping his kid on his first bike ever. It's just getting Rattler through every single snap of the game. And then Holly Rowe, and this is the story that was out there on Twitter. Holly Rowe gets Caleb Williams teed up for a post-game interview. And the story was that Lincoln Riley would not allow Caleb Williams to speak. And Holly Rowe said that she had to apologize to Caleb and say, we can't do the interview. Brett, what the hell is going on? Yeah, can you tell me what the hell is going on here? There's obviously something going on there with Spencer Rattler. And the way that Lincoln Riley is going out of his way to include him, to, to bring up that he came in and was there for the two-point conversion, I don't know what it is, but there's something there. I don't know if it's he's fearful that he's going to transfer, he's going to leave, you know, but the fact that you don't let Williams talk you know, come on. I mean, especially nowadays with the athletes getting out there and having some have exclusive interview deals with with fan sites and different things. You can't keep a player quiet. So is he just protecting Williams so Williams doesn't say something? You know, if Holly asks him, should you be the starter? And Williams says, yes, I should. <laughs> right. But yeah, it seemed like it seems like that Lincoln Riley is doing damage control. I saw on Monday. Earlier today, he was asked, you know, will he name a starter this week for this week's game? And he said he doesn't know if he will or not. Um, it, there's something there. I think if you have no dog in the fight, if you're just a college football analyst, fan, observer, and you watch Oklahoma with Caleb, Caleb Williams and you watch Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler, 
Caleb Williams should be the starter. I don't think there's any dispute there, but there's a lot of other things in play here. Yeah, actually, Mike Ionello, who does our our great uh, group of five podcast that airs on Wednesdays, I believe, he texted me the after the OU game and he brought up a great point. He said, if Spencer Rattler transfers, what happens to his NIL deal? And I don't have the answer to that. I, I checked with Darren Ravel, checked with some other people. You know, if an athlete has an NIL deal with a specific company, is the language written in the contract that specifies you have to be at that team at that school to receive that NIL deal? I don't know the answer to that. So I don't know if that's in play with Spencer Rattler also, but there's a lot of things going on there. You know, usually when you see a coach that's going out of his way this much, almost to heap praise on someone, it tells you there's things going on behind the scenes. Obviously, we'll have to see how that plays out the rest of this year. Yeah, definitely a deliverable now on my plate is that I know three businesses that are having IL deals with Razorback players. I'd love to know the verbiage behind that contract. Not, I mean, not, I mean, I've quizzed one of them. One of them's actually a close friend. I've actually quizzed how much they're actually paying the player. But really, I want to know the verbiage behind what if the player decides to transfer in the middle of the season, right? Yeah, I don't know. Again, this is stuff we haven't encountered before. So I have to bring up <laughs> Urban Meyer. He's 0-5. I mean, right is about last time when last week when you and I were podcasting, the the whole video was surfacing with, of him and his Ohio State gear in the chop house after the Thursday night football game. That was after he went 0-4. Now he's 0-5, still winless with the Jags. Uh, he doesn't even know who's on the field at any point. He says he doesn't micromanage the players when they come on and off, uh, very hands-off. You reported last week whether, you know, the national the nation's athletic directors would consider hiring Meyer next year if they needed a coach. Obviously, the story is great. Everybody needs to go read it. But what was your biggest takeaway from all the athletic directors' responses for that story? Well, there was a lot of speculation, and there still remains a lot of speculation, that if Urban Meyer leaves the Jags, is fired, resigned, whatever happens, that he will just waltz into some college campus next year, specifically USC. So I reached out to half of the 130 FBS athletic directors. I made sure and tracked down at least uh, five from each of the 10 conferences. So it was spread out throughout the country. And I simply said, if you have an opening for a head coach in 2022, would you consider hiring Urban Meyer? 85% of the Power 5 ADs that I contacted said, no, they wouldn't. I think that's pretty telling because now you've got the issues of what went on at Ohio State with the domestic violence uh, regarding assistant Zach Smith. And now you've got what was going on at the bar, not traveling back with the team, et cetera. People who think that he's automatically going to waltz into another job next year on the, at the college level, if he wants to do that, if he's no longer with the Jags, I don't think that's realistic. The group of five ADs actually were more receptive to hiring Urban Meyer, but I don't think Urban Meyer is going to go from coaching the Jaguars to going back and being a head coach in the MAC. So I don't think that's going to happen. Real quick, a, a story, a funny Urban Meyer story, at least I thought it was. So when in 2015, when I was working at ESPN, I did these weekly questions for SportsCenter. I would survey all 120 whatever FBS schools there were back then and ask them a question each week. The, the responses were anonymous. And then I would give the top five answers on SportsCenter every Saturday morning. One week, the question was, if you were at the coaches convention and a fight broke out, what coach would you want by your side? 
Well, I, among the top five answers were like big coaches like Charlie Strong, um, Sean right. Kugler, who was at UTEP. He's a big dude. Kyle Whittingham at Utah. It was those type of guys thinking, okay, you want a big guy with you when a fight breaks out. One coach, and I will not reveal who this coach is, but he was a head coach then and is still a head coach now, told me that he would want Urban Meyer by his side. And I said, Urban, why would you want Urban? He's not a big guy. Why would you want Urban by your side if a fight broke out? <laughs> the coach told me, he goes, because everyone hates that motherfucker and they would be punching him in the face so much, nobody would lay a hand on me. True story. So there you go. Oh, not high up amongst his peers. That is an amazing story. Yeah, if we that, if we could somehow get a Mario Cristobal versus Urban Meyer fight, that would probably end in five seconds. So, oh <laughs> my God, it, not very well thought of. All right, well, listen, here's my stance on it. If Bobby Petrino can have a job at Missouri State, who, by the way, is on Arkansas' schedule next year, that ought to be interesting. If Bobby Petrino can have a job at Missouri State, there's a place for Urban. Now, can he lower himself? I don't think I don't think Urban would do that. He wants to go somewhere where he can win immediately, have a chance to win a national championship. Uh, There's only a handful of those schools around. True. Hopefully the Bud Light and Ambien will be around as we're searching for the next job. But oh, and five continues on. We'll check on it next week. Brett, uh, Cincinnati UCF is this weekend. Uh, It's a really big game uh, for Cincinnati because they only really have two hurdles left. Uh, SMU on November 20th, Central Florida, obviously, this weekend. We just got to talk about playoff, and we just gave all this love to SEC and Big Ten, saying two teams from each could possibly happen. Where is Cincy going to fall on the first college football playoff show scheduled on Tuesday, November 2nd? As long as they're still undefeated, I would think they're going to be around fourth or fifth. Again, it depends on what happens with the schools above them. I don't think the committee is going to put them higher than fourth, because if they do that, then they're going to lock themselves in, and it would be hard to shuffle them further down. So I think I think they'll be fourth or fifth. But look, with all the upsets, all the carnage we've had in the first few weeks of the season, I'm I'm sure we'll have even more. Uh, Colin, before we start the speed round, I've got a question for you. Miami quarterback De'Ara King will undergo shoulder surgery Uh, that was announced on Monday. He's out for the year. USC has been seal clubbed recently by Oregon State and Utah. LSU is likely headed for a losing season. When was the last time Miami, LSU, and USC, all three, did not play in a bowl game? I'll give you a minute to think about it. We'll give you the answer after the speed round. We're going to have to segue into this speed round. I have a a pretty good idea what era this might have happened, when it happened, but I'm going to think about it as we do the speed round. So let's get into sources speed round. The Sources Speed Round. So this is the segment where I get to ask Brett as many questions as possible in a 60-second span. If you're ready, let's go. All right, the clock starts now. Nearing the halfway point of the season, which coach has the hottest seat? Go Tigers. Ed Ogeron. (laughs) Would defeating Florida Saturday have any impact on Coach O's job security? Very little. Who is the UConn Dumpster Fire Team of the Week? Actually, it's not a team of the week. It's an official website of the week. The University of Texas's official football Twitter account has not tweeted since Saturday afternoon when they (laughs) tweeted that Texas had just tied the score against Oklahoma. Apparently, it's all gas, 
no breaks and no updates on the official Twitter feed for Texas. Texas fans must be lost. Last and week. this is this is taped at six fifty Eastern time Monday night. Oh, those poor social kids. All right. Last week you had BYU projected in New Year's Six Bowl. Where are the Cougars header now after Boise State loss? The Independence Bowl. Enjoy Shreveport. I've been there. Yeah, me too for a Missouri game. Uh, after UMass beat UConn, we only have three winless teams left. UConn, UNLV, and Arizona. Which team remains winless this season? Arizona. A team that you have covered for you. Very interesting. So who is your number one college football playoff seed in your bowl projections this week? The Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, my. timeout! It's not even like a yellow flag. Like, I'm going to switch to soccer and give you a red card. Like, and, and I'm going to bring back the college football walk of shame when you get ejected and you have to walk back to the locker room. Explain to me how Iowa is number one. I'm projecting Iowa will go undefeated the rest of the regular season. They will not face who's their – yeah, they don't have anybody left on their schedule. Wisconsin. Yeah, they can lose. Yeah, Wisconsin. They've got no ranked teams left on their schedule in the regular season. And then I, I somehow, some way, Iowa will win the Big Ten championship, whether it's against Michigan, whether it's against Ohio State. I know that's probably not a popular opinion, but I think it could. It will happen. Iowa would be 13-0, and and I'm – basing that on Alabama beating Georgia to knock Georgia out of the top spot. And then Iowa would be number one, even if Oklahoma runs a table, even if Cincinnati's undefeated. So Iowa would be number one in the college football playoff and probably be an underdog (laughs) in the semifinals against whatever SEC team they faced. By about 14. Uh, So that would be (laughs) one of the more interesting number one seeds I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but hey, you know, that's great for the Hawkeyes and that's great for the fans because, uh, you know, I've seen from recent years, no matter where they land in a bowl game, they sell the place out and they boost the economy no matter what town they go to. I think it's great for Iowa and, and for college football in general. And now, as a quick reminder to our listeners, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign up offer for you guys this season. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free, up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free, up to $1,000 in eligible states. $1,000. So take advantage of this WinBet offer. Just click on the Action Network link in the episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, Colin, my question earlier, when's the last time Miami, LSU, and USC all did not play in a bowl game? You know, as an SEC guy, there was some really bad years for LSU. The Jerry DiNardo years got really bad. And then I know right before Pete Carroll got into town for USC, things were really bad. So if I'm going to frame my answer, it was going to be around that time frame. So I will say 1997. You are incorrect, sir. Ah. How about how about 1960? <laughs> I wasn't even close. 19 over 60 years ago in 1960, USC went four and six. It was the first year that John McKay was the Trojans coach. Yes, the same John McKay who Brian Kelly butchered his execute joke after beating Florida State. Eight years later, USC would join the Pac-8. The Pac-8 
eight conference hadn't even formed yet. That's how long ago it was. LSU went five, four, and one under Paul Deitzel. Miami went six and four and under Andy Gustafson. You've got LSU and USC are three and three right now. You look at the remaining schedules, they may not get to six wins. Miami's two and three without Derek King. I don't think they get to six wins. So you've got these three schools that have won national championships. And yes, over 60 years ago, the last time all three of these guys did not go to a bowl game. Yeah, it's a really interesting situation with Miami, LSU, and USC. Real quick, individually, I mean, Miami is playing some of the worst defense as far as the advanced metrics go. Like their tackling is off, their finishing drives is off, and defense is supposed to be the specialty of Manny Diaz. So you can see how things are going there. LSU, between, you know, Ollie Gay uh, being hurt, between Rick's out this weekend, Derek Stingley's done for the season. The whole question Kirk Herbstreit had a couple weeks ago of has this team quit? Things are not good in Baton Rouge. I think we've covered that enough. And then at USC, I think it's quite interesting that I had I had the assignment of writing Utah and USC last week, and all I could think, all I could find was that Kadon Slovis was allowed to throw beyond twenty yards as much as he possibly wanted because under Graham Harrell and under Clay Helton, they were asking him to dink and dunk with the air raid. That thing sailed over the over. I think as USC starts to get down this path of either you know they. Maybe there's there's just discontent. They're just not in the program. They're not in the game. They don't care. I think there's going to be more and more overs here because some of these players on the offense still need NFL draft status. They're still working towards something else. I think USC overs are going to be the way to play as that as that team gets farther down the season. But what interesting from a coaching perspective too. Like everybody on there is looking for a job, except for the guy that's the interim head coach. Who I think did AD Mike Bond did, did tell him like you're going to be kept. Everybody else is out. I think it's something like that. At this point, everybody's looking that they're not going to be around next year. I'm sure the players are thinking that, the the coaches are thinking that. It's it's a tough situation. And the other thing is, even if USC gets to – let's say they get to 6-6 six and six somehow and you look at the rest of their schedule, I don't know if that's possible. USC may just say, you know what, we're, we're not going to play in a bowl game. Half the kids wouldn't play anyway because they don't want to get hurt. So that could be a real possibility with SC – with LSU, if they make a coaching change before the season's out. And Miami, they've been devastated with injuries. Uh, so, yeah, what a, what a, this has already been a cra- the craziest year as far as ranked teams losing in the first few weeks of the season. And now this would just add to it. If you have these three guys don't get in a bowl game and or Alabama not get to the college football playoff. Before we move out of this segment, is, is James Franklin the first call there? I mean, it appears that way. It's easy to say that. But again, I, I don't want to say I have inside information that I know that's going to happen. I know a lot of people will say, yes, he's the first call. Well, that's their opinion. They don't know. Um, I know Mike Bone is, is there's a close circle of individuals, small circle of individuals, I should say, um, who knows what he wants to do. And, you know, the good news is he's got a few weeks to do it. And no other jobs will be filled before that one gets filled. So yeah. he'll have his pick from wherever he wants to go, whether that's college, NFL, whatever direction that is. All right, let's slide into our segment, the AP Top 25 versus the Action Network Top 25. So, Brett, it was uh, refreshing to see when I woke up uh, Sunday morning because you and I are both doing our own thing late Saturday night. 
it was refreshing to see that our top 10 is really kind of uh, come, you know, they finally kind of have an agreement, a little bit of agreement with the top 10, but then after that, it just, it gets wild. So (laughs) at least towards the top, we've got it figured out from a gambling perspective with odds makers and from an AP voter perspective, we got it figured out, but some of these we're going to have to have a conversation about now, Kentucky is number 11, Uh, Brett, you voted them number eight and action network. They're in the 20th. And I think, I mean, really, I feel justified at, at having them where they were because I projected the game minus 21 and a half before lines came out. That's exactly where it came out. Now I think we're hovering around 23 as you and I record this. Uh, is Mark Stoops a candidate for the LSU job? I mean, I'm not going to get into that game. It's second, I'll break that game down. Kentucky's doing an amazing job per usual. I mean, just the, the fact that nobody, there were no expectations for this guy about six years ago. And now each year he is producing teams that are grabbing attention of Kentucky fans into the basketball season, which is not supposed to happen at Kentucky. So is Stoops a candidate at the LSU for the LSU job? The question is, would he want that job? I mean, he's got a he's got an easier job at Kentucky because you're not butting heads with Alabama and Texas A&M and all those teams in the SEC West every year. And look, after the LSU game, excuse me, after the Georgia game, uh, there's no ranked teams left for Kentucky. So Kentucky could end up with an 11-1 and record, a New Year's Six game. Sorry, I bumped Arkansas out of the Sugar Bowl. I've got Kentucky that. going there now. <laughs> um, but they they very easily could be 11-1 going to a New Year's Six game. Either way, Stoops is going to get a new contract. They're going to have to, you know, I'm, I can't rem- – he may have got one last year. I don't remember. But he will get another one. I certainly will be at the top of any wish list uh, for the job he's done there. And he may just be happy there that – what they've accomplished. He's getting more resources. And again, you know, you're not butting heads with the stronger SEC West, but then I, you know, in the East, you still got to get, go against Florida and Georgia for all these coaches. Now it's not necessarily, I'm going to jump to this school or this job because it's a better job. It's more quality of life. Where do you think you, you can win? And I don't think it's like the old days where guys would jump just for money. You can get money pretty much wherever you're at. Now you're not going to get nine million a year like Jimbo, but you're still going to be pretty well off. Yeah. It should be interesting to see there because really uh, it's interesting when I hear coaches talk about Northwest Arkansas, because quality of life and raising your kids and and having your family is, I mean, if you're not a big city guy, you're not going to go to LA. You're, you're not going to co- You're not going to coach in a, in a city where there's, you know, 500,000 people. I mean, a million people. Baton Rouge is a whole lot more pressure than, being the football coach for in Lexington. Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what's the next coach going to think the guy before me won a national title two years ago and now he's out the door. Right. Will that impact potential candidates? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Brett, Oregon came in at number nine on your poll. They came in at number nine in the AP. They're 22nd in the action networks, power ratings. Cal might be heavily motivated this week with Tim DeRuiter on the other sideline for the ducks. Does the winner of the Ohio State-Penn State game get a higher college football playoff rank than Oregon if Oregon is able to stay as a one-loss team? Ohio State won't because myself, like the committee, actually value when teams win head-to-head matchups. I know know your power ratings don't because you have Ohio (laughs) State third and and Oregon down in in the 50 or 60s. Just kidding there. (laughs) <laughs> but no, Oregon, Oregon will stay there. And that's why I've got them ranked where I've got them ranked because of the win at Ohio State. It was at Ohio State. The, the loss at Stanford, it's a loss. But anyone that saw that game, very controversial. 
Perhaps they shouldn't have lost it. Bottom line, they did lose that game. I just wonder going forward, um, you know, how how Oregon will be able to deal um, after losing C.J. Verdell. They're yep. running back for the season. They've got a couple other season-ending injuries. And the other thing that the committee will consider as far as ranking Oregon, when Oregon lost at Stanford, they were without offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead. So maybe they won't penalize them as much as maybe the AP voters will. Uh, so that's something to keep your eye on if Oregon can run the table and keep alive the Pac-12's slim playoff hopes. So I'm really interested in Texas A&M. Uh, they're in at number 21. They were 23rd in your vote. You know, the action network, I, I, I was pretty high on. I got them in there at 13th. Five of the AP voters did not rank Texas A&M after the Alabama win. Of course, they have two losses. Georgia and Kentucky are the only undefeated teams in the SEC right now, and that's going to change after Saturday. One, you know, One's going to beat the other, and then we're just left with perceivably the, the best conference in all of college football. It just means more, only having uh, one undefeated team. If in some crazy world that Alabama drops to Arkansas or Auburn, and in some crazy world that Georgia drops to Florida and then loses the SEC championship game to a two-loss Alabama, is a committee going to take a two-loss SEC conference champion if there are four teams with one loss or fewer in the power five ranks and or cincinnati's 13 and 0 at that point in your scenario that would mean alabama would have ranked wins against florida ole miss and either arkansas or auburn if either Mm -hmm. one of those schools still remain in the top 25 so that's that's three top 25 wins that's decent um it's not it's not great. Is that enough to overcome two losses? I don't think so. Georgia will have had top 25 wins over Arkansas and Auburn. Again, this is if they're ranked at the end of the year, not when they played the game. So they may drop out. Kentucky will probably stay in the top 25. Uh, if they, that means they're losing to Florida and then they beat Alabama. So technically Georgia may only have Two top 25 wins. Clemson doesn't count. They're not in the top 25 unless they get back in there. Right. So, yeah, Colin, if if somehow, some way, the SEC has Georgia and Alabama with two losses, yeah, I think it's a very real possibility uh, that they could be left out. And, yeah, I think the reason that I ask that is because the Alabama offensive line had some issues. Uh, there were different parts of the game where they were, there was just too much pressure on Bryce Young. The SEC West has talented teams. I mean, Arkansas and Auburn are talented. Am I saying they're better than Alabama? No, they're not. But they are good in the trench, and they do have explosive playmakers. So I'm not sure that this this whole Alabama is going to sweep the rest of the schedule. I definitely don't think they're beating Georgia, and I'm not really positive they're going to run the rest of the schedule. So we'll see how it goes. Let's move on to the Heisman Handicap. This is your Heisman Handicap. The Heisman Trophy is awarded to. So these odds are presented via WinBet. The list keeps getting shorter. You and I have been on the CJ Stroud train. Uh, that 15 to 1 you and I talked about last week, that's gone. It's plus goodbye. five. Yeah, <laughs> goodbye. We are now at plus 550, <clears throat> which we'll get to Ohio State's odds here in a little bit, but there's no value left on Stroud because of what Ohio State's number is. Uh, the top of the Heisman board. Bryce Young, two to one, Matt Corral, two to one, Desmond Ritter, Bajon Robinson, 15 to one. Amazing to see Bajon Robinson still in there at 15 to one as a running back. Spencer Rattler, 
all the way down to 80 to one after being the leader at the pole position all summer long. And then I just have to mention, like, if Georgia's going to win the national championship and they're this great, JT Daniels and Zamir White are 100 to one. Anything stick out to you there? Yeah. Now, well, one thing, never bet on the Heisman preseason favorite because he's not going to win. Spencer, see, Spencer Rattler is exhibit 1A. What are the odds for Iowa's defense to win the Heisman? Because, you know, right now, I think they have as good a shot as anybody. I, I don't like anybody on this list. I love, you know, we talked about CJ Stroud last week. At 15 to one, I think that had gr- that had great value. You still got a shot at that. I, you know, it's like I, you can't even think who's who's coming on the outside out of nowhere. You know, Desmond Ritter. They don't. Yeah, Cincinnati's a great story, but they don't have the schedule for him to have his quote Heisman moment. Who's he going to yeah. have his Heisman moment against USF? Come on. You know, I don't think that's realistic. Bryce Young, I think, still has the best chance if, 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 if Alabama runs a table and he has a big game in the SEC title game, that could give him the late momentum uh, to perhaps win this thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I hate to, I hate to look. This is where I stopped mentioning like these long shots. I mean, Cade McNamara, hundred to one. I mean, what Michigan has to do to get him that Heisman Trophy is. Jaden Daniels is on the West Coast. I, I refuse to acknowledge that a player in the Pac-12 can win the Heisman. I'm not sure it's possible anymore. I don't think anybody stays up past 9 o'clock at night. Uh, I mean, when I look through the list, you know, I mean, Tank Bigsby at 200 to 1, no. John Mechie, no. Uh, Jack Cohn at Notre Dame, that's all. I mean, uh, who's who's laying money on that? Spencer Sanders, undefeated, 300 to 1. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. All right, so we'll stop the Heisman. No recommendation on Heisman betting this weekend. Uh, CJ Stroud is what we've been uh, talking about all week or for weeks. So uh, we'll take a look at the board next week and see if there's any value after, uh, you know, we got a couple of weeks coming up here where there's not that many big top 25 matchups. So that means it's perfect conditions for some of these guys at the top of the list to pad their stats and kind of separate themselves. So we'll see what happens here. Let's go to the playoff payoff. The college football playoff payoff. Uh, Playoff? Don't talk about it. Playoff? You kidding me? Playoff? Again, these odds are via WinBet. Uh, you know, Brett, we're going to have to start with the prop you and I have been talking about from WinBet uh, for weeks on Alabama or Georgia to win the national title. Uh, two weeks ago, you and I discussed it at minus 190. Last week, minus 290. Now with the Alabama loss, Georgia or Alabama to win the national title is now minus 220. And before you know, we answer whether you're still on the train that you think Alabama and Georgia is the side to bet on here. Alabama, of course, Georgia is power rated higher. Alabama and our action network power ratings would be a three point favorite over Ohio state, a seven point favorite over OU. And that's the action networks three and four. So plus 200 near value for what the underdog money line would be versus Georgia in a title game. So what I'm saying is like if Georgia made to the national title, the underdog is going to generate about a plus 200 value right now. And that's what the field is being offered at in this win bet prop. So which one, which side are you on? Are you on Alabama, Georgia minus 220 or field at plus 200? Well, I mean, I, you know, last week we told you to take Alabama and Georgia. And now, God, after the Alabama loss, I would stick with it. I, I think Georgia's that good. And if Georgia's going to beat Alabama, they're probably going to win the national championship. And if Alabama can beat Georgia, then you've got two SEC teams in the in the playoff. 
instead of looking at the field, I may look at, uh, I may take a flyer on Ohio State, uh, maybe Iowa, maybe Oklahoma, put off, put even amount on all three. Would that get you better than plus 200? I think it would. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to the field, the field's useless. There's like three or four teams that has a shot other than Alabama and Georgia. So the field is meaningless. I would take those three or four teams, which you can identify, play those teams, and you know, you're going to lose two. You may win one, but you're going to get better than plus 200 value as opposed to just blindly taking the field. Yeah, and I know people are going to say, well, Texas A&M just beat Alabama. Listen, we have said all year, I said it all summer, Texas A&M has the recruiting. They're thoroughbred in the recruiting world. They've been top five in recruiting for like four or five years since Jimbo has been there. They've always had explosive players. They had a hurt offensive line. Aeneas Smith was hurt during Arkansas. You're going to have to have explosive offense to beat either of these schools, and you're going to have to get some stops. And the names on the list – I don't know, maybe Ohio State, but that defense hasn't shown anything to me. Oklahoma, that defense just got torn up. I mean, Brett, when you say there's two or three names that could beat Alabama or Georgia, I'm struggling with the blue blood names that could try to beat these two guys. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, I need need you to rank the odds on these one-loss teams. The list is growing. It's going to continue to grow. (laughs) So who do you like better uh, from a value perspective, right? Because I I know – from the Big Bets on Campus live show on Saturdays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, that you very much like Alabama uh, week after week after week. So you have to say it from a value perspective, which one you would buy right now. So let's rank the one-loss teams. Alabama plus 275, and this is to win the national championship via win bet. Ohio State 10 to 1. Penn State, Penn State's 100 to 1. Oregon 80 to 1. Notre Dame 500 to 1. Arizona State, 300 to one. And Lane Kiffin, by the skin of his teeth, by one point, even with Sam Pittman going for two, Ole Miss is 80 to one to win the national championship. Out of all the one-loss teams, who would you be more comfortable laying some coin down on? Ohio State's the only one. Penn State's got quarterback injuries. Oregon's got injuries. Notre Dame has, you know, fooled us every week. They're not going to do it. Uh, I know Stucky loves Arizona State. Not going to happen. Ole Miss, 80 to 1. I thought 80s, like, that's their over-under for every game, I think. <laughs> Ohio State, 10 to 1. Great value. Uh, the rest of the schedule, they got Michigan State. They got Michigan. You've got a power-rated third. I think that's that's a great value for Ohio State. You get them into the semifinals. They take care of Iowa in the Big Ten title game. Uh, then you can hedge if, if you want, if you don't feel so good about it. Yeah, Ohio State is still the one with the value on this list. I, I'm, I would never put a ticket down on anybody that has two losses. And, of course, Georgia's number has been uh, – that, that ship sailed, I think, before the season even started. Grabbing them uh, months ago would have been the right idea. So, yeah, Ohio State at the current number. Alabama plus 275, that is not enough for a team that has one loss this early in October. I'm not even sure how Ole Miss has a path. I mean, and just the scenarios in my head is that they have to beat Texas A&M. They have to beat Auburn. They have to beat, and they do have a pretty easy schedule remaining considering they pulled Vanderbilt and South Carolina from the East division. But I don't, I don't even know how they get into the SC championship game, but nonetheless win the national championship. And if you're going to have Arkansas scoring over 50 points, you're probably not going to win the national championship. So yeah, Ohio state is the one that we're going to take again this week, I think, but this is it. I said this with stuck last night that 
this is it. CJ Stroud, Ohio State, you're it's time for them to just lay it on people, and these numbers are never going to get better. All right, last question, Brett. What is your current college football playoff projection right now? Uh, you know what, Colin? We're out of time. I'm sorry we got to go so quickly. I've got <laughs> a Iowa. Tough question. So, okay, I'm going to explain it. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but there is some madness behind my my projection here. I've got Iowa at one because I that's based on Iowa going 13 and 0. I've got Oklahoma two. That's based on Oklahoma going 13 and 0. <clears throat> I have Alabama three. That's based on Alabama going 12 and one and beating Georgia in the SEC title game. And I've got Georgia four. That's got Georgia going 12 and one and losing in the SEC title game. Love it, hate it, whatever. There's a way for that to happen. I'm not very confident it will happen, but at least this week. That is my projected four-team college football playoff. Send any hate mail, death threats to underscore at Colin (laughs) one. Uh, He will forward the ones uh, that aren't too bad to me. I'm not sure what audio should be racked by our producer faster. You having Iowa at number one for the college football playoff or me uh, saying flat out that Arkansas could beat Alabama. So I I don't know which (laughs) one should be cut first. Well, the one cut that needs to be in there is you guaranteeing that Alabama will lose another game. They're going to lose the, re- the rest of the way. Okay. They're going to lose. A little, little golf wager on that. Yes, absolutely. Let's get loser, some side loser, money. Uh, loser pays for greens fees. I'm going to – oh, well, we'll have to figure out where we're playing. Uh, so I'm going to Matter who wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to stick with Brett and say Oklahoma uh, and Georgia – uh, I'm a little, I, I think Ohio state is still going to win the big 10. Um, you know, that I really need, we need to check on the the health of Riley Moss and, and hopefully that Iowa defense can stand up, but, uh, I'm going to go with Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio state. Here it comes. And Cincinnati. Yeah, I knew it. Cincinnati. Oh man. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We, we will, you know, in those odds right now, 40 to one for Cincinnati to, uh, win the national championship by far. I don't think that they can win the national championship, but if there's props to, to make the playoff, keep your eyes peeled wide open because this UCF game Lee, if they win this game against central Florida, Cincinnati essentially has just one hurdle left on the schedule before they have to play the conference championship game, which will be at, uh, at Nippert. So something to look out for Brett. Thanks for joining me. This has been big bets on campus sources edition tomorrow afternoon. You can hear our, Red Hawk group of five experts, Mike Ionello, Mike Calabrese, claps. Another round robin, uh, an amazing podcast they had, made everybody money. You should be listening to these guys. That G5 deep dive episode will be out tomorrow. And late, late Thursday night, Stucky and I will return for our week three betting preview, all right here on the BBOC podcast. Brett has to get back to interviewing 65 different athletic directors about Urban Meyer, and I've got to get back to fading Navy and losing more money. So, Brett, thanks for joining me, and I'll see everybody at the window.